And welcome to Earth Riot Radio. I'm Reverend Billy here at the Church of Stop Shopping in lovely downtown New York City, down here in the village. Come on in, we got some empty chairs over here. The fabulous unknown wants to talk with you, wants to have a word with you. You know, if we don't change and get a good relationship with the fabulous unknown, this apocalypse coming next Tuesday, it's going to kill us really quick. For you and I, out here in the what they call the West, West of what? I mean, we're East of things, we're West of things, I don't get it. The walking dead who own the land, that's what we are here in the West. The unknown is only background nothingness to us. We forget that it's there. It's the nothingness before birth. We don't know what's happening before birth. It's the nothingness after death. It's the sky. It's endless. The mysterious self-governing oceans and forests. Mostly we convert the unknown into media. That's how we save ourselves from too much mystery. Don't, 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 don't ask too many questions here. I can't, I can't understand it, please. We convert the unknown into YouTube clips of mountain lions eating dogs in San Leandro. Well, we have a guest, a guest host today working alongside of us, the whooping crane. Can you, can you hear the whooping cranes? They're, they're flying right towards the microphone here. Come on into the studio. Come on into this, this earth church. Let's, let's, somebody, come on now. Are you ready? Let's greet the whoopers with a good earth Droughts, floods, storms and wildfires are devastating lives and livelihoods across the globe. Loss and damage from the climate emergency is getting worse by the day. And global and national climate commitments are falling pitifully short. The window to limit global temperature rise to 1.5 degrees is closing fast. Greenhouse gas emissions must be cut by 45% this decade. But as today's emissions gap report confirms, they remain at dangerous and record highs, and still rising. Under current policies, the world is headed for 2.8 degrees of global heating by the end of the century. In other words, we are headed for a global catastrophe. Screams from nowhere, viruses cry. 
or billions of dollars, were on schedule to take much of the animal and plant world with us into premature death, given the scale of the crisis, why is it every kind of public voice engaging in telling this story? Where, where's, the, where's the art of the comedians and singer-songwriters whose who's wizardry with words? How did this happen? How did this happen? The silencing of our planet criers. The culture-wide inability to shout Welcome to News from the Natural World. I'm Savitri D. In Canada, the eighth largest lake in the world is one step closer to becoming an indigenous protected and conserved area. Seitui, or Great Bear Lake, covers more than 31,000 square kilometers, roughly the same size as Vancouver Island. The Seitui Ka'awe protected area is blanketed by boreal forest and is home to muskox, barren ground caribou, moose, and grizzly bears. The lake is the homeland of the Seitu Goat Ine, the Bear Lake people. The self-governing community De'elene, which means where the water flows, is the only community in the watershed. The Seitu Ka'awe have been on a long path to protect Seitui. From the 1940s to 1960s, 740,000 tons of uranium tailings were dumped in the lake. The Indian government has approved mining in one of India's few pristine and contiguous tracts of forest. Hasdeo Arand sprawls across more than 1,500 square kilometers. 
The land is home to rare plants such as epiphytic orchids and smilax, endangered animals such as sloth bears and elephants, and sal trees so tall they seem to brush against the sky. The forest contains an estimated 5 billion tons of coal. This coal is located close to the surface, which makes it easy to mine. The Indian federal government has divided the region into 23 coal blocks, six of which it has approved for mining. The Adani Group has bagged the contracts to mine four of those six, including the one that encompasses a village called Kite. The construction of these mines will destroy at least 1,898 hectares of forest land. The specific coal block under Kite has about 450 million tons of coal, worth about 5 billion U.S. dollars. India is the world's second largest producer and consumer of coal after China. In 1998, it was calculated that more than 2.5 million Indians had been displaced by mining projects since 1950. Many, many more will have been displaced in the years since. The coal sector generates about 70% of the country's annual electricity and employs at least 2.9 million people. While India has pledged to reduce its carbon emissions by 45% below 2005 levels by 2030, it has no plans to phase out coal. Health authorities in Malawi announced that the death toll from the cholera outbreak has passed 400. Since the first cases were reported in early March, the number of infections has been increasing, nearing almost 14,000 in mid-December. The oil and gas giant Shell will pay 15 million euros in compensation to Nigerian farmers for oil spills that severely polluted three villages in the Niger Delta. Shell and Milieu Defensi, the Dutch branch of the international organization Friends of the Earth, have negotiated a settlement for the benefit of the communities of Oruma, Goy, and Ikot Adu-Udu in Nigeria, which were impacted by four oil spills between 2004 and 2007. The agreement, which cannot be seen as an admission of liability, settles all claims and ends all pending litigation related to the spills. Four Nigerian farmers and fishermen had taken the case to the Dutch courts in 2008, demanding that Shell, whose headquarters were then in The Hague, pay for the cleanup work and pay them compensation. The multinational has always attributed the pollution to sabotage and has assured them that it has cleaned up the site, though that is disputed by local communities. All four of the original plaintiffs have died. In a landmark agreement, all parties of the United Nations Convention on Biological Diversity adopted the draft Global Biodiversity Framework to protect at least 30% of the world's lands and waters by 2030. Led by China and facilitated by the Convention on Biological Diversity, the parties of the convention adopted the draft after 12 days of intense negotiations over 23 targets. Jennifer Corpuz of Indigenous Peoples Forum for Biodiversity, an umbrella of over 10,000 indigenous organizations, called the document a good compromise and a good start. According to Corpuz, the Kunming Montreal Global Biodiversity Framework contains strong language on all targets that concern indigenous people and local communities. The Women's Caucus broke out in a jubilant dance on the adoption of the Gender Action Plan as a standalone target in the framework. The Gender Action Plan reads, 
ensure gender equality in the implementation of the framework through a gender-responsive approach where all women and girls have equal opportunity and capacity to contribute to the three objectives of the convention, including by recognizing their equal rights and access to land and natural resources and their full, equitable, meaningful, and informed participation and leadership at all levels of action, engagement, policy, and decision-making related to biodiversity. Governments have chosen the right side of history in Montreal, but history will judge all of us if we don't deliver on the promise made today, warned Marco Lambertini, Director General of World Wildlife Fund International. Super-chewer, wood-eating clams have a secret weapon for forcing out other species. The clams, who have special adaptations that let them survive in dirty, low-oxygen water, built chimneys out of their own feces, making the wood unlivable for any animal except them. The clams are unusually tolerant of low oxygen and have additional adaptations, like a mucosal lining along the fecal chimneys and a substance like hemoglobin in their blood that picks up more oxygen. Both may reduce the risk of sulfide poisoning from the waste. Taken together, these adaptations allow the species to survive in conditions that would make non-related wood-boring clams sick. The end result is more wood for the chimney-producing species to eat, live in, and for their offspring to settle on, unbothered by competitors. Global demand for chocolate has destroyed tropical forests where cocoa trees grow. According to Trace, which tracks the impact of global commodities on forests, Ivory Coast, the world's largest cocoa exporter, has lost most of its tropical forests in the last half century. Between 2000 and 2019 alone, 2.4 million hectares of forest were cleared to make room for cocoa plantations. Brazil, Ghana, Peru, and Colombia are just a few other cocoa-producing nations. Worldwide, barely 5 to 6% of the price of a bar of chocolate goes to the farmer. Electronic cigarettes are increasingly popular. These products require disposal of large amounts of hazardous waste, including huge quantities of lithium, a resource in demand for electric car batteries and rechargeable electronics for laptops and mobile phones. 150 million disposable vapes are tossed out every year in the U.S. alone, sending nearly 30 metric tons of lithium to U.S. landfills annually, enough to provide batteries for around 6,000 electric vehicles. An estimated 6 trillion traditional cigarettes are still smoked annually. 4.5 trillion synthetic cigarette butts are thought to be discarded into the environment each year. The tobacco industry as a whole emits an estimated 84 million metric tons of CO2 each year, comparable to Peru's carbon emissions. 5.8 billion gallons of water are used along the tobacco supply chain annually, roughly equivalent to the municipal water use of the United Kingdom. In addition, up to 5% of global deforestation is associated with tobacco farming. The brunt of this environmental harm is felt in developing countries, including China, India, Brazil, Indonesia, and Zimbabwe, where the majority of tobacco cultivation and cigarette production now occurs. Converting all lands currently used for tobacco to food crops could feed 20 million people. In Kenya's Ambasoli National Park, the ongoing drought has killed thousands of wild animals. It has been one year since the last rain, and the signs of devastation are everywhere. Since June, there's been a very bad drought because we didn't get enough rain. 
Neither the long rains nor the short rains. We didn't get enough. So we have been losing a lot of animals. And elephants have been dying a lot, said Nora Nijirani from the Ambasoli Trust for Elephants. The reserve in southern Kenya is flanked by Mount Kilimanjaro. Kalembe Ole Nukurun is a Maasai shepherd who knows the region well. If the drought goes on, it will wipe out the remaining cattle, elephants, all the animals. You can even see the wildebeests are emaciated and the zebras are dying like cattle. Before the drought, you could see herds of elephants roaming around this neighborhood. They're nowhere to be seen now. I'm not sure if they died or moved elsewhere, he warned. The drought is expected to continue in 2023.
Beautiful Earth. Beautiful Earth. Beautiful Earth. You're right here, right here, nearby somewhere. I can feel you. We just got some pavement here. Some concrete gonna, gonna blow all the walls down like a storm. Like a storm. out of the car, out of the traffic jam, out of the suburban sprawl, out of the toxins in the air. Take that journey, you and me. Take that time. Get the map. Got the map? Oh, it's inside us. We forgot that. Now we remember. The earth, the earth, the earth, the earth gave us the map. Thank you, earth. Yeah. We'll be singing beautiful earth until we, you guided us. And now we promise you we'll shout. We'll sing in the streets. Beautiful earth. We'll do everything we got to do. We'll risk arrest, go to jail, teach the children. Turn on the refinery. Extinction demands revolution. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You showed us the way. And now we're walking on that alpine mirror. Walking in the wetlands across the long grass prairie. Swimming across the coral reef. Climbing the mountain. Swimming down the river. To the valley. Beautiful earth. to save ourselves when guns and torches are dropped so we can touch when cops jail bankers to save the kids of cops and bankers when Christmas is abandoned when black and brown lesbians run the Department of Justice when we have this great idea resist extinction Resist, resist, resist extinction. Now, now, when, when we take personal responsibility for the superstorm, when we go outside until outside is no longer outside anymore, when we stop calling the storms criminal scandals, and climb the mountains and cross the rivers, to be with our nationless friends when we're willing to do what it takes to save ourselves. When we see that our spare room is a young mother's dream. When we feel years of laughter and music in a gift economy. When we stop shopping. When we stop shopping and start living. 
and we're grateful at Thanksgiving that we're radically changing when radically changing when when is the time to act <laughs>